I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. It's Flames Nation Radio, episode 23. Welcome to the show, everyone. I'm Ryan, as always. Also here, as always, Shane. Hi, Shane. Hello, everybody. How you doing, Shane? It's good. It's good. My shoulder pain uh, went away. Uh, well, great. kind of. It's it's still kind of there. But so, you, uh, so you're yeah. instead of being upper body week to week, your upper body day to day. Yeah, that's 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 exactly where we're at. So that's good. As as always, we're brought to you by DoorDash and by our friends at Eau Claire Distillery, who produce Rupert's Whiskey, the official whiskey of the Calgary Flames. Uh, we wholeheartedly endorse these events and products, especially the whiskey, and especially DoorDash. Uh, if, and uh, the one thing, if, if you're someone uh, who likes hockey talk and uh, just idle speculation, my God, uh, DoorDash is going to be your friend on trade deadline day. Uh, our friends at Daily Faceoff are doing a three and a half hour live commercial free uh, video show uh, on dailyfaceoff.com. And I believe pretty much in all our social media streams. So keep your eyes peeled to uh, the Nation Network YouTube, to the Daily Face Off Twitter. In worst case, just, just follow Frank Valley because he'll be breaking all kinds of stuff. Because remember when Frank broke the entire expansion draft? Yeah, before we can see it. Yeah. <laughs> the day before the expansion draft, our boy Frank had literally, I think there was like three things that Frank didn't break. So uh, that was but an appetizer, my friends. If you, so, uh, not to put undue pressure on her pal, Frank, but uh, Frank's one of the best in the business. And uh, yeah, you should, uh, you know, let's just say if you got two screens, at least one of them better be on the Daily Face Off show, especially if you, you hate commercials. So that's our cheap plug for our wonderful colleagues. Uh, myself, I will be uh, in my uh, my scenic living room in Southwest Calgary uh, covering the, the, the trade deadline. Uh, Shane will be helping us break down whatever they do after they do it, uh, much like the, he was after the Flames did their big business and got Tyler Toffoli on Valentine's Day. Uh, as of this recording, the Flames had Tyler Toffoli on the roster for 31 days, and he's been quite good. Uh, I don't think it's uh, telling tales out of school to suggest that the Flames, A, aren't done, and B, probably won't make a move as big as Tyler Toffoli at the trade deadline. Partially, if you look at the roster construction, they don't really need to. And partially, if you look at the cap space, they don't really have the ability to. Uh, as of uh, this morning, uh, the, the uh, calculations that uh, the folks at Puckpedia and myself have done, uh, Puckpedia has their calculations, I have my calculations, we do it independent of each other, and thankfully, all our numbers match, so that's a good sign. Uh, but uh, the Carry Flames have the ability to add $930,000 of cap hits 
full season cap hits at the trade deadline on deadline day on deadline day. Uh, and that, that assumes that the flames don't move out anyone from their roster. So if you're one of the people going Adam Rizichka is waiver exempt, he can go down to Stockton willy nilly. They did it over the weekend uh, when they had some injuries uh, to Oliver Shillington and they needed a, an extra defenseman just as insurance. And so they brought up Connor Mackey. So Adam Rizichka went down because he didn't need waivers. Uh, If you are not a big Brett Ritchie guy, I would suggest that Brett Ritchie might also be someone who could be, he requires waivers to go down. So I I imagine between now and the deadline day itself, the Flames will probably put, I would imagine, you know, if they're putting anyone on waivers to give themselves some flexibility, both cap and otherwise, it would be probably Brett Ritchie is the easiest person to, to move out uh you know he's more expensive he's more expensive than brad richardson he doesn't have stanley cup rings and he does he can't play center so those would be the three reasons i would say the flames would probably like to keep richardson as 13th or 14th forward and why they would probably you know err on that side but uh you know it's one it's just one of those things where you know i think the flames are going to find ways to be creative but you know they, they they're they're kind of hemmed in because they can't really, I don't think they have the willingness to add a lot of long-term cap hits, uh, long-term commitments. So it'll be rentals if they do anything, but I expect them to do something, maybe two things. Uh, what, what we, the, what, what's out there right now is the things that you would think the flames would want. The flames want, uh, they have a willingness to spend, to get some forward depth, uh, I'm not going to say Callie Yarncroak, but we know who we would get if we were in charge of the hockey club. Yeah. Uh, they're also in, you know, after, you know, the, I think the nice thing, you know, the nice uh, thing, if you're going to say, it, it was so nice that they didn't have Oliver Shillington for two games, but it was nice that they didn't have Oliver Shillington for two games because A, Shillington got a chance to not play through an injury and he got to heal up, which is always great because anytime you get to heal the regular season is fantastic because then you don't have to work through something in the playoffs. Uh, but also they got a, a sense of what life would be like with all, Oliver Shillington and losing Oliver Shillington from your top four means that it's top four Michael Stone and Michael Stone was perfectly adequate. But the question is, you know, do they have the ability to add some depth that would be a little bit better than him? And they, well, they probably want a left-hand shot there too. They, the way they keep their possession is along the boards, right? Yeah. So if someone's in trouble behind the net, they need to rim it up the boards that's why they want the left shot there because the left shot can pull it and either walk the line, look across and pass or dump it right back in along the boards. A right shot's got to reach over his body, backhand it in or pull it across. And that just creates possibility for turnovers. So ideally you want another left-hand defenseman that you can trust. If I would, I would say a right shot forward and a left shot defenseman would be the two things yeah, they I want. I mean, that can too. can they get those things done for less than 2.7, 1. 1.9, 900,000? If, well, if, if you get an impact player, someone's got to go. Some. Well, and that's and that's the thing. If you're the flames, if you're the flames, you know we we're recording this on Wednesday before the flames play the the New Jersey Devils, and the the trade that was made today was uh, Frank Vetrano from the the Florida Panthers went to the New York Rangers for a fourth round pick. Frank Vetrano is a pending UFA. He's a pretty good player, and the uh, the Panthers got a fourth for him, which isn't a ton. I would be willing to say that for what the Flames need, I think they would value Collier and Croak, for example, more than than the Rangers would value 
uh, Caligari or Frank uh, Vetrano. So, you know, but I, I think you're sort of looking at something around a fourth because that, that trade was a fourth and I believe no salary retention. So uh, I think half, yeah, 50%, but he wasn't making too much. I think he was like 2.5. So we, yeah, so, so we can do, oh, I, th- I think the, the big thing is if it, let's just, let's just check. We'll stall momentarily. Great radio. Yeah, we'll, we'll st- we'll... Uh, Elliot Freeman uh, from Sportsnet. Another person, if you're going to follow two people on Twitter on deadline day, I'm just going to say Frank and Elliot. I don't see any retention from Frank Elliot or LeBron. So, so yeah, so it, it was a fourth, a round, fourth pick. round pick full, full, full sorry. Yeah. A, a fourth round pick for straight up for, uh, for Frank for Toronto, which, you know, it's, I think it's well, a, he scored 20 before too. So that's not an insignificant like for Toronto's, I believe he's put 21 season at least. But Toronto's good. Like that's just, you yeah, know, he started in Boston. There he's, then... he's middle six depth. Uh, the flames had him at a development camp one year. He was pretty good college player. Then he became a pretty good pro. He's not, you know, he, he, he's not a driver, but he's very good. He's an excellent complimentary yeah. player. And him for a fourth is probably the prices right there. So if the, the Flames hypothetically were in a yarn croak sweepstakes, I think the market has sort of been set with no retention at about a fourth rounder, maybe a, a third and or something more if there's any salary retained. If you're the Flames and you're thinking, oh, like, let's just, if we're spitballing here for roster spots slash for cap hits, if you swap out Brett Ritchie for Cali Yarncroke and keep Rizichka around and, and uh, Brad Richardson, hypothetically, you know, if you, if you're getting, you know, Yarncroke at half retained for a third, for example, or a fourth and a prospect or something, and you swap out Brett Ritchie and you throw in Cali Yarncroke and, you know, maybe Rizichka is not playing all the time, or maybe Dubé is not playing all the time or something like that. I, I think there's some value there. And I think uh, that's something, you know, not tailing hails out of school, but I think that's something they'd probably entertain because Cali Yarncroke can do a lot of things. And more importantly, he's a right shot. So you could put him on the power play in that second unit that we discussed last week and can get some one-timers there. So I think that's something they look at. Uh, for defensemen, I don't know. I, th- I think the challenge is, you know, Fr- Frank Cervelli's mentioned that, you know, there's going to be the, the prices for defensemen aren't really as high as they were in previous years. So you're probably going to get better value for your draft pick buck at the trade deadline, but you know, there's going to be all kinds of movement. I mean, you know, as we're, as we're recording this, uh, you know, Mark Giordano is uh, celebrating his 1000th game with the Seattle Kraken and he's not even playing. Yeah. Because you know, know, Mark Giordano is probably the, the, he is the bell of the free of the pending free agent ball in terms of rental players and Mm -hmm. Seattle, like Ron Francis is not a dumb person. Neither is Dave Haxgall and they're going, Maybe don't put your your best trade trade piece. asset. Yeah, your, like your maybe, best piece that could net you a first round. Like you're looking for first round picks. Seattle's looking for first round. Picks. I don't think they want I don't think draft. I don't think they're getting a second round pick from or first round pick. I think they're I, 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 I doubt it unless it's some sort of condition. Like it's some sort of like you know make the third round we'll up it to a first kind of thing, right? Like I think I think you don't trade him unless you get a second. He's I think yeah, I'd, I'd want a second and like a prospect or something. Yeah, or a second and a conditional they, pick or something. He he's the guy. Well, they could do whatever they. Seattle can do whatever they want, right? They're still starting out. If they feel like they don't, they could get great value for a player with a bit of term that's not like key to them, then they could move him, right? Like Seattle's the wild card. The deadline. Some there's always something weird that happens at the deadline that people go what? Like Philip Forsberg was traded at the deadline for Martin Erat. People forget about that. That was not on anyone's radar. Neither of those players were talked about that year. Erat was kind of coming to a close, but Forsberg was never like talked about as someone upset with Washington. Washington just did that. 
to try and pay the price. So something weird always happens. Some team finally goes, you know what? No, let's, let's pay the price. Let's try to go for it. Um, Seattle's the wild card. Seattle, they, they could be upset with anybody. They could trade anyone for picks. I doubt they trade like uh, McCann seeing as they just resigned him. Other than that, anyone could really go yeah, and, and which, that's, which makes it fun and that's be a fascinating part. That, that's why we love the deadline because the deadline's weird i mean you know anything anything can happen uh, i think the challenge this year is you know we've heard there's basically nothing happening for like the better part of a month after you know the flames the the the, the pick the the trade the flames made a month ago was yeah arguably the big trade until uh josh manson got traded because no one had no one had any cap space even then that's still the most i think the foley has been the most significant move other than hurdle resigning today which whatever um sets a new center market for top end centers uh it got the dry side deal five years after dry signed his so but with a much lower av than dry side. yeah 8.12 8.125 so uh, but still for eight years so that's that's what it would have cost to extend hurdle should they say calgary got traded for him instead of to foley i'm fine with the foley at 3.8 is it? I think it's, for it's two years it's, after this, or it's, 4.2 something in that. It's for something, isn't it? If yeah. only, if only there was a website that had cap hits named Puckpedia. Oh, Puckpedia! I'm so. But anyway, but anyway, to, to now, I still, I really like the Jost for Strom move. Um, Colorado got better. Strom is better offensive player than people give him credit for. Is it Sturm or Strom? Sturm. Nico Sturm. Nico Sturm. Okay. Nico Sturm, he's better offensive player than anyone gives him credit for, but people focus on draft pedigree so much, like, because Jost was a former first-round pick. Jost is a good defensive player, but, you know, like, that was like kind of like a hockey trade we've seen. Um, so, so it's interesting from a Calgary perspective, as everything sets up, to try and see what costs what right now, because Nico Sturm would have been a great center for their fourth line. Like, he could have added depth to Calgary. Like, he, he adapts in scoring and plays big. He's got size. It, it, you know something like that i was like oh man like that's that, that would have been a good or it could addition. be or it could be yarn croak or it could be nick paul i know, yeah, I know yeah, that like o- ottawa paul. you know reports out of ottawa that the the centers the centers really like nick paul and they would love to keep nick paul and nick paul would love to be paid the way nick paul wants to be paid and if those two sides can come together i mean every year there's players that are on the trade market that come off because they figure out a, a, a way to come up to to an agreement on a on a new contract so i mean Sometimes it's smart, and sometimes you resign Tim Jackman. So, <laughs> yeah, the most sometimes it just goes off the rails. The most but, disappointing trade deadline I've ever covered. But so, the, so where, where we're sitting right now, folks, is that uh, as we're recording this, it is Wednesday. The Plains play the New Jersey Devils at eight o'clock start. So, uh, we're you're gonna be, you're gonna be listening to this after the game. So, hopefully, they did well. Hopefully, everybody had fun. Uh, and Dougie Hamilton gets a warm reception back to Calgary. John Gillies' revenge game, or or Nico Dawes because Gillies played half the game. It was a weird game. They, New Jersey probably wants that one back, and they have the problem with New Jersey is this year they have a lot of games they would they wanted back. Uh, but you know they're, they're playing. They got New Jersey on Wednesday night as we're recording this, uh, and then there's a back to back Friday against Buffalo, and then in Vancouver against the Canucks on Saturday night, and that's it. Uh, the Flames are off on Sunday and Monday, and they're back in action on Tuesday against the Sharks. So the Flames only have two or three games, depending on when you're listening to this. Uh, they only have two games left uh, before the deadline. So, and I think the Flames sort of have a sense of where they are and what they are. Uh, if you if you follow uh, uh, the Athletics Download session on Twitter or subscribe to the Athletic 
good for you. Uh, the Flames are projected to be, finish first right now in the Pacific Division with 111 points, which is kind of insane if you think about considering that how the Flames you know, started the season and how the Flames, the expectations were heading into the season. Uh, second place is 97 points for Edmonton. So if you're doing the math, we'll just do the, we'll walk you through the math very quickly, just sort of give you a sense of where the Flames are at. Uh, 20 points in the remaining 23 games, uh, including the New Jersey game, would probably clinch or come close to clinching the division. If they go 500 in the remaining 23 games, we're recording this on Wednesday, mind you, uh, then they would finish with over 100 points. I think 23 points in the last 23 games would be 102 points, uh, which should put them in first place rather comfortably. The Flames aren't a 500 team. The Flames have been... I think yeah. right now their their points percentage is six sixty nine uh, before the New Jersey game. So right. that's well done. Uh, that's that's I mean they're in a good position. And you know if they only quote unquote only go six hundred from here on out, uh, they're gonna finish first place fairly comfortably. And I think the the interesting thing is now you know they'll be able to try different things, try different looks. They have another game against. Colorado coming up. They have Vegas in April. Uh, they have Edmonton again. Like they have, uh, they have some some decent tests. They can try things out again, and their schedule is favorable enough that if they just beat the teams that are well below them in the standings, if, if they, and granted, you know they're they're leading the Pacific Division, so they put themselves in a situation where pretty much you know I'd say two thirds of the league is below them in the standings. So it's an easy, it's a big group to be a part of, but they're in a position where they don't really need to do anything fancy to make the playoffs. They just need to play good hockey and, and win the games that are quote unquote winnable. And I think that puts them in a unique situation for the, for the trade deadline, because they're in a situation where they, you know, they made their big trade early. They end up getting an extra 19 games out of uh, Tyler Toffoli instead of only getting him for, you know, the last 20 and a playoff and uh, the, and two more seasons, they get in for basically a whole extra quarter of a season. So for, he's got a point point in every single one of those. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and I, I wrote on the, I wrote on the site uh, on Wednesday, you know, the, if you look at uh, adding him to the, that, that power play, they opened up a lot of things that makes them a, a much more dangerous team in the power play. And of course, a lot of it's based on Johnny Gaudreau's ability to distribute the puck, but there's a lot of crisscrossing, across the offensive zone that they can do now and they're a much more dynamic multifaceted unit and so you know I, we suggested last week we just suggested again maybe you know maybe add another right shot forward that could be helpful maybe i don't know if they want to do you know if they add uh, another forward you know who do you take off do you take off shillington and keep hannafin on there maybe, well, yeah, the i think thing, that's right? i think that's probably the easiest thing to do and then your you know your first your second power play unit has a right shot forward and then Lucic, Mangiapane, and Monaghan, and Hannafin at the top. Maybe that works. I, I think if you have a lead in the third period, Chris Tanev or Nikita Zadorov are going to be there anyways, no matter what, because like that's how Sutter plays it. He's like, yeah, we already man up, but I ain't risking it, right? Like we're putting the defensive guy. Out that's there. been rare though. That's only that's only usually late in the period. Well, that, that's what I'm saying. Like third period with a lead, and they get a power play. Then you, I think it doesn't matter. I think you see. I think you should. I don't, they haven't been using Tanev. They've been saving him, right? They've been like, okay, you're our penalty killer. You're a shutdown five on five. And, and five guys. Well, because usually they've been using Zadar or good brand. Well, usually so, they're, usually their bump up uh, PK okay. unit, yeah. their, their bump up power play unit 
it has uh, Zadarov and Tanev as the pairing because mm-hmm. that way it can sort of balance things out. If Shillington's not on that unit, maybe come back with Shillington and Tanev as that as that bump back unit. Like they have a lot of different, and that's that's the kind of thing that kind of that's the kind of thing that kind of intrigues me though because you know they have they have enough of a buffer. As much, you know, I know Daryl Sutter does not like us using the word cushion. Uh, so let's just say they have enough breathing room, buffer, wiggle room, whatever verbiage you want to use, that they can just try stuff out. And it's not so much, you know, I, I can hear you guys in the comments section on Twitter. No, I'm not saying, you know, oh, they have a bu- they have a pet, you know, they're 11 points up on the last playoff spot, maybe 13 by the time you listen to this. Oh, that means they're going to bring up Matthew Phillips and Dipsy, you know, no, no, no. One, they don't have the cap space. And two, I don't think they really want to bring up guys and, you know, give them like they're getting ready for war here for lack of a better term. And so if they're getting made Regeer on uh, 960 today, this morning, um, they were asking him about the times he was with Sutter and what did the coach talk to you down the stretch at to try and keep you motivated. And he said, Regeer said he was always asking, what do you think is a good matchup for us? Like, who do you think is going to like, he's looking at, it's all about the play playoffs it's never about the regular season at all he gave you guys a nice little soundbite at your media conference the other day ways to eight days that was good um well yeah because if you're playing colorado the gear is like you know the focus is okay who do we match up well against what do you guys think what are you guys thinking like how would you and then he asks the players you know who would you like to match up that will i might be paraphrasing a bit but this is this is regear on the morning show with pinder um and i think retro was asking some questions so i think he was it was a replay I heard it about nine, nine this morning, but they, they asked him, they said, well, what does, you know, you've had Sutter twice. You've had him on a run in Calgary. You had him on a run in LA. And they said, yeah, I know he's, it's all playoffs with him. Like it's, it's, well, either and, and I think, fine. and I think get, that's get sort of a tournament. And then we'll I think that's sort of a difference between how I think things were in 2019, because, you know, Daryl does not, he, a, he doesn't like, I mentioned the playoffs once and he, he got mad at me. Now, it's like a month ago, but I think that's the thing, because I think he, he wants to make sure that these guys have their, you know, looking over their shoulders from now until the postseason. And, you know, he's talking about internal competition, like trying guys out in different looks, trying guys out and trying to get more out of them, trying to guys out and get them battle tested. And the thing, like, I, I think the nice thing is, you know, he, I, he, he wants this to mean something. He wants this to be a meaningful year. You know, he's just, you're not drawing, luring a 63 year old man off this farm like daryl does not live high in the hog i don't you know daryl doesn't have like fancy cars or you know he did you know he 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 does i don't think he came back for the money but he i think the money's nice because the money signifies you know value and respect but you don't lure a guy off off of a farm in viking alberta to come and lose in the first round and i think i think I don't think Daryl wants to waste his time and i don't think Daryl wants to feel like he's wasted his time and i think that is what's pouring into this that he wants to give this group the best possible chance to make this an interesting spring and summer and the best way he can do that is to make sure everyone's always thinking about the postseason always thinking about the next game and always a little bit uncomfortable always a little bit on their toes because you know the the flames in all due respect to bill peters i think the flames in 2019 got a little bit too relaxed and a little bit too casual mm-hmm. and uh you know i'll uh cruise the you didn't exactly cruise into the postseason. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll point this out. Like, you know, uh, you know, Randy Sportak used to be with the uh, post media. Uh, for the first couple of years I was covering it, covering the Flames, the Flames had terrible preseasons. Like the Flames just, you know, in grand, I mean, it's a preseason, but the idea that, you know, professional athletes, you know, high-end players would just sort of 
I'm not going to say coast because, you know, it's not like they weren't trying, but there's trying. And then there's the playoffs where you're trying to, you know, basically kill someone else in the name of sport. Uh, they were, they were, it was basically just, you know, you're going out for a leisurely Sunday stroll kind of thing. It's, you know, a hard practice level of, uh, of, uh, of exertion. And, you know, at, uh, at the end of one of these preseason games we were, we were covering together, Randy and I were talking and he just sort of mentioned, he's like, do they think they're just going to flip the switch when the games start to matter? And that's the kind of thing, because, you know, you have to build your game. You have to always be trying to get a little bit better. And I think, you know, when we've seen the flames that have good starts, it's usually preceded by a good preseason and granted they do not get give trophies for the preseason because that would be silly. But the whole idea is use the preseason to get ready for when the games count. So when, you know, we use the term when the live bolts are flying because, you know, the, they're basically just using blanks in the preseason. Guys don't really hit, guys don't really back check it. You know, it's sort of watching, it's, uh, you know, slightly higher level of competition in the all-star game. But, mm-hmm. you, you know, if you can tell the guys who are trying and you can tell the guys who are, tr- who are crashing and banging and trying to get their teammates into it. And I'm sure the, their teammates on a certain level will kind of resent it because they're being hit in games that don't matter. But if the, if the idea is that, you know, you're, you're, you know, there's so much parity in the league now and teams often lose the, you know, we've seen teams miss the playoffs by two, three, four points. That's the difference between having, you know, if you're, oh, yeah. you're dogging it in the first week in April because you, you, know, you weren't really completely mentally in it yet. And for your teammates getting you mentally ready and mentally in it. And I think I thought the Flames had a good preseason. I think they had a good preseason partially because they kind of, you know, as much as, you know, Coach Sutter wants to sort of push back on this, I think 90% of the roster spots in the Flames were, were locked in from when training yeah. camp opened. And I think Rizizka it was just a matter the of one. Rizizka is the only one that won one, and he took it from Godden and Dewar. Like Razich ended up with that spot, right? I would, I, would argue, I would argue his spot was taken from uh, Yusuf Alamaki. Because, well, who, I'd say Shillington took Val Valmaki's spot. Really, Shillington took Zadaro's spot. I think they were completely com- comfortable having eight defensemen to start the year. Now they're down to seven. They're down to seven because Valmaki. Wow. Well, and and the fact that Valmaki could go to the minors. I don't. He can't go to the minors next year, can he? Nope. Yeah. So that's, that's a whole that's, other conversation. That's a whole. That's and that's we'll worry about that when the when when we're but, sipping summer drinks. But, but, I, <laughs> but I, yeah, I, I think the I think the whole thing is like the interesting thing is you know the, the Flames don't have to kill themselves to make the playoffs. They don't have to, they might not have to kill themselves to win the division, which is it's it's a you know a, a testament to how well the team has played all year. But I also think you know we, we use the saying you know hold teams accountable to their wins. The Flames have been good enough for long enough that this is the standard now. This is who they are and what they are. This is as much, you know, we can yeah. use we can use we can use rose rosy language sometimes. This is the team's identity with a capital I. So this is the standard. This is the expectation now. And I think the yeah. nice thing is they've done it for 60, 60 games by the time you're listening to this. I don't think this coach will let them get too high on themselves, get too comfortable, get too casual, whatever word you want to use. Because I think he's, you know, D- Daryl talked about uh, the Jack Adams Award earlier this week. Uh, he was he was asked by some of our media colleagues about, you know, what the Jack Adams means to him. And based on what Daryl said, Daryl doesn't give much of a hoot about the Jack Adams. I'm sure if he if he got a Jack Adams, he put the plaque up in his farmhouse and looked at it once in a while and go like, oh yeah. But you know, if if they don't, uh, if it's not followed, if a regular good regular season isn't followed by a good postseason, something that Daryl can put in his, he, he, you know, if you look at the, if you go to the, the NHL website, they have a nice breakdown of the best coaches of all time. And it's, they break it down by number of wins, number of games coached and number of, of Stanley Cups. Uh, Daryl's 
fairly high up in games played. Uh, games coach is a regular season coach, and games mm-hmm. one is a regular season coach. Mm-hmm. He has two Stanley Cups. He's amongst only a handful of coaches. I think yeah, there's maybe less than 20, maybe less, maybe less than 15. 15, 16. It's, 15 it's, or 16 it's coaches. I, I did a breakdown yeah. earlier this year looking you know, around Hall of Fame time, looking at Daryl's candidacy for the Hockey Hall of Fame. And the short answer is he has a very strong case for the Hockey Hall of Fame. And I'm sure that'd be meaningful to him. But I'm sure he would like it to be meaningful because he's got three cups. And I'm sure, you know, he, he would love for it to be, you know, that kind of a season around here where there's legitimate buzz in that direction. So, I mean, we'll, we'll see. Uh, I think the I'm, – I'm very, I'm very curious as to how the remainder of the season is managed because I think there's going to be a lot of mixing and matching. I don't know – I don't think there's going to be a lot, of, a lot of recalls barring injuries because they don't have much cast base. But I, I think they're going to try to mix some guys in here and there just to sort of see. I don't think – I also don't think – I think Rizichka's here. I, I don't I, – I, again, everyone's like, oh, you could just send him down to the minors. I'm like, I don't – I think they like him. I think – Oh, like they, they definitely like him. They definitely they, like they've him. seen a lot that he's he's there. He's a flame now. He's not really – they only use – they'll probably only ever use the fact that he can go down if it's absolutely necessary to make a cap move. I, I do feel Adam Rzichka is a Calgary Flame now. He's if, going to be. If Rzichka isn't on this team on on Tuesday, it's because yeah. they really found a deal they liked. Like, you know, yeah, we we've just, we've discussed this. We've discussed this in the past. Like, if you're, you know, Adam Rzichka, like hockey's a small world, and all these high end players, all they're all hockey fans. If they come to you and say, you know, if you're sitting in your stall on Monday and they say. Rosie, you're going down. You go, oh, damn. They're like, hell yeah, we brought in Yarn Croak. I'm sure if they bring in Yarn Croak or Nick Paul or whoever, I'm sure Rosie's going to be disappointed because he's a professional athlete and he's competitive. That's why he got to this point in his life and his career. I'm sure that, you know, gut punch would be a little bit muted, a little bit, if he knew that the team was going to be better off. I'm sure he'd love to be part of the team too. Let's be honest. And so we'll see what happens. Such a good opportunity going forward too, because next year they're going to need guys uh, to replace the Richardsons and the Lewises and 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 the guys that are, came here on the one year deals and whatnot. And and they're going to need cheap guys under a million dollars to fill out the rot. Like this is the year <laughs> they're going to need. They're going to need guys that are like eight hundred and below. Like yeah, if you're willing to play exactly. for like eight eight fifty, they're going to love you. Yeah, but, you know, Calgary makes some noise in the postseason and all of a sudden veterans, you know, trying to win a cup, you know, they're they're signing for 770, 775 is the minimum next year. It goes up again. Um, it's 750 next year, then 775 the year after. And it's after. But, but I was, they're going to need guys because Johnny, like we already talked about it, Johnny, Mange, Kachuk. If, if, uh, if the big dog's going to eat, there's going to be less left at the bowl for everyone else. Mm-hmm. So that that's when it's good to have quality rookies. And that's why it's so good to have Peltier spending the whole year down in Stockton, just, just dominating the league. Peltier had six. They, they don't want him to come up and play seven, eight minutes on the fourth line. They want him to come up and play 12 to 15 minutes in like a Dubé role and actually score and stuff like that. So like the, I, 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 I keep telling everyone who asks me, what do you think they should do with Peltier? What I should, what I think they should do is give him the, give him the Kachuk treatment. You bring him up, you park him next to Backlund for forty games, and you say, "Learn yeah, how to play for really this guy." Because really, like, if if you look at, I think you know Michael Backlund tonight uh, in Wednesday's game celebrated eight hundred and four games as a Flame. He became fourth all time in the uh, games played ranks, most and, ever by someone they drafted. Yeah, the only players who ended up playing more games with the Calgary Flames are off the top of my head. 
Iginla, Giordano, and Rigier. That's it. Boom. That's it. Yeah. That's it. That's that's like the Mount Rushmore of longevity. That's, that's the Mount. That's, that's more more than Al McInnes. Yep. More than Chopper. Yeah, Isn't that crazy? Than, like that's nuts. I I honestly back then like I was in grade. Okay, I'm gonna age myself here. I was in grade seven when Backlund was drafted. I was tail end of grade uh, tail I, end of grade seven when Backlund. I watched. I watched. So, uh, being I here. <laughs> I watched. Uh, I watched Backlund's first NHL game against the New York Islanders in January. 07 or 08. I forget what year it was, but uh, I was in a... One where he almost scored? I was One at, where he called up... Uh, he got called up from Kelowna for an emergency basis. No, game. you're wrong. So here's what happened. Well, that was so the, the, Flames, the Flames signed... So basically, Backlund, the year after he was drafted, Backlund was playing in Vasteris. And, uh, he, he you know, he was, he was in the secondary, he was in the second, uh, I think the, you know, the lead Swedish league or the secondary Swedish league. If you're familiar with the way Swedish hockey works, if you're, he, at that time, he was 19, 18 or 19. Uh, if you're a 19 year old in the Swedish league, you don't play a ton because they tend to, you know, they tend to ride the, 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 the Swedish league tends to operate the way Daryl Sutter does. Unless you're a really exceptional player as a youngster, you don't tend to go up high in the rotation because, you know, they, they want to develop you, but they also want to win games. And especially in Sweden where they have relegation. So in Sweden, you know, Backlund was sort of a third-ish line guy, fourth-ish line guy. He's sort of in the bottom six rotation for his hometown team. And so the Flames uh, decided we're going to sign uh, sign him. And then he came over for the World Juniors, represented Sweden. I believe I, he won a medal. And the Flames decided, they, they worked out with his club team. They're like, we um, we want to keep him over here. We want to bring him t- to uh, – to uh, the dub. And so f- at that time, Kelowna had, uh, had gotten his rights in the import draft and they sent him over to, to Kelowna. He, he basically went, the world juniors were in Ottawa. Uh, he, he signed his contract, played his world juniors, won a medal, went to Calgary to uh, basically check in with a the team. Uh, there was, there was a few injuries at the time. So uh, the flames, because they could, you know, the, he they hadn't, he technically hadn't been assigned to Kelowna yet. They threw him in for a game. He played one game. They, they said, what do you think you do? They gave him a bunch of notes, and they said, go to Kelowna and, and uh, kick some ass. And they won the WHL championship that year. They did not win the Memorial Cup, but they played the Memorial Cup. It was a really good tournament. He did not win a Memorial Cup that year. But With, the next, uh, Some good teammates on that team. It was a good team. Like Kelowna, Kelowna in like the, early, the early to mid-aughts was just an absolute you know, killer of a team. And so Backlund, you know, the next year he turned 20, he played, he went pro, he spent a year between, I believe it was Abbotsford at the time in Calgary. And, you know, he's been a full-time NHL ever since. And I think Backlund, you know, Backlund is one of those players that, you know, I think you can learn as a developmental organization a lot from how, like, why did Backlund work? Because Backlund was not a guy who had high, high, high end offensive talent. He's talented. But you can argue his his the thing he keeps in the NHL are his 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 uh, vision, his hockey sense, and his play away from the puck. He's just a guy who can he can negate offense from the other team as well as other players create offense. And he's he's one of those guys that he's aged really well. He's learned the tricks of the trade. He's figured out confidence. You know he 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 ended up playing he, in, before he became you know he was a selkie candidate for about a five or six year period after, after the last lockout, because he went home, played, actually played his first games uh, since he was a teenager with his hometown team in Vesteris and ended up playing against the Kopitars of the world and ended up be, beating them in shut in shutdown roles. And he came back thinking, Oh crap, I can play against the best players in the world and, and, you know, come out on top. And he had swagger 
when he came back from, from his hometown. And I would argue that Swagger stayed with him. And that's, it's allowed him to become a really, really effective two-way player when before he was just an effective two-way player. Now he's, he, you know, ramped up. He went from being a Derek Ryan type to being a Michael Backlund type. And the difference in that is about two, three million a year, uh, but also like two or three extra minutes of ice time and power play time. Like he's just, he's, he's good. He can touch every part of the game. Uh, and I think if, if you're Peltier, you know, just, Im- just imagine if you're Peltier and you just play preseason games, just like a month of preseason with Backland and just soak well, up Peltier and Col- Peltier Backland. Col- like what do you, what do you did put them there? Oh, right. That like, would be good. Yeah. And then you could still have Mandrus Ichka to Foley and then your top line untouched. Like that's actually like next year, possible, decent top, decent top nine. Yeah. Like, and, like, like, and that's without doing anything. That's without doing anything yet. And that's just assuming everyone gets signed to deals that will work and then your fourth line you've got luch um tentatively monahan and you'll probably I, bring i, I doubt f- monahan but, but i feel like i have a good handle on what the top nine looks like i have no idea yeah. who or what money is left well because you, the, you're, you're gonna have to move some money and that's just um back when i weirdly remember he almost scored he did almost score I re- it was off the face-off, and he hit the right post. And why I remember that, I have because no because it was idea. his first game. And like, I, but it's stuck. I can see it in my head off the face-off. The loudest the playing. Puck, the and loudest he just playing. Boing, and everyone was like, even the announcer. It wasn't Rick Ball. It was uh, whoever used to do him for CBC. And he was like, "Oh, Backlund." I just I remember it vividly. No, I, idea. I watched I watched that game because I'm an old man. I watched <laughs> that game in a uh, in a during in a hotel. In Edmonton, I was in Edmonton for a journalism conference, uh, the Canadian University Press Journalism Conference, and we were all just sort of partying in a hotel room. And then there's a handful of us who said, "You got to turn on the Flames Islanders game because Michael Backlund's playing." And the answer from about a half dozen Oilers fans were, "Who the f who? is Michael Backlund?" Who? Uh, but yeah, even even the Oilers fans came way impressed with him at the end wow. of that. So. Uh, the other thing, since we mentioned Pelche, we, we had on the docket uh, possible deadline uh, wants, which we talk about all the time, but fears as well. Um, I'm not worried about the, the rumors for Ben Sherratt and, and the Montreal's interest in Pelche. If, if that was the deal, it would be done already. Like if that was a true deal, if Sherratt for Pelche was a thing and they didn't need money, then it would happen. Now, for that to even happen, money needs to be not only retained, but sent the other way again as well. Um and trust me, I don't think Bradford Living is not one to just give away good prospects. He's he's well, never done especially especially like unless he's getting something really significant. Back. As as much as we're saying burn the boats, as much as we're saying you know they'll figure out the cap shit next year, and they will. They're, they're, and they're, they will. Their, their mindset is have to. You know, you're you're. It's <laughs> like uh, you ever you ever heard the term creative destruction? The idea that you know you're you're gonna wreck shit up and then figure out the consequences later. Like that's if you if you think you can win a championship or you can come close to a championship, that's what you do. I don't I think that the flames without again, without telling tales out of school, I think the flames feel that the that you know the the, the guys that we identified, especially you know, if you look at Connor Mackey is on a one-way deal next year, just like this year. Next year he does need waivers. Uh, you know, he's waiver, he's, he's, uh, he requires waivers to go down next year. Connor Mackey needs to go through the waiver wire to go to Stockton next year. And he had a re- he's having a really, really effective AHL season. If you're the Flames, you know, you have someone who could probably play on your third pairing for $913,000 next year, who's going to be pretty decent. He might not be a world beater. He might not be good Branson good on the third pair, 
but not a lot of guys are good Branson Goods at third pair. So I think if you're if you're looking for things that you think you know that you can work around, Matthew Phillips, inexpensive, he'll be inexpensive, he'll be small still, but if you need someone who can play on your bottom six and potentially generate some offense, you throw him in there. And if he doesn't work out, you throw him on waivers and maybe someone picks him up, or if he goes to waivers, then you lose him. Like he yeah, goes, like he has if, to go on waivers, go down, right? Like, yeah, like so no like, one else has taken him. But he could have been taken in the expansion draft too, if they really want to take. Like, there's, I'm not. But, but like, you know, he's 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 developed buzz. Like the Stockton Heat are a very good hockey team. The Stockton Heat, much like as much as the Calgary Flames have Stanley Cup buzz, the the uh, the Stockton Heat have Calder Cup buzz. The, the Stanley, the you know, the second the second highest league in the world. The Stockton Heat are one of the best teams in that league, and a large part of that is because of three guys. Actually, more than three, but let's just single out three. Dustin Wolf, who they're not going to trade. Uh, Jacob Pelche, who they really don't want to trade. If mm. they trade him, it's because they got a friggin' unicorn really back. Sure. And Matthew Phillips. Matthew Phillips is probably, you know, he's the guy who I think is the biggest long shot to, to become a full-time NHL because of his size and because of the playing style. That's not to say it won't happen, uh, but I don't think the Flames could potentially ice a team that has three or four smallish guys on it. But, you know, We've all been wrong before. We we all we yeah. all you know a bunch of us came out and be like I don't know I don't know if Chris Tanev is going to work out. Yeah, we were you know <laughs> we, we were wrong. Oh, everyone in the entire hockey world uh, pretty much was wrong. And, everyone and, said and, he you know that, and, everyone and, and you know there's a there's a player wearing number thirteen for the Flames who's uh, about to get very very paid, Ooh. and he was someone dating back to when he was like a 15, 16, 17 year old playing in in those uh you know those prep school leagues and this in the select leagues in the nation us people were buzzing about how good he was and openly saying oh, he's too small he won't make it can't he can't do that in the nhl was a phrase that was used probably verbatim by scouts could be a heart finals and, could and, be a freaking heart finals yeah and, and like, let's, be, like, let's be honest matthew phillips has heard the exact same things like mm-hmm. the exact same things and matthew phillips is playing in the second best league in the world all due respect to the khl propaganda league but Phillips has done it. So you can't argue, you can say, Oh, he's done everything. Until he, until he does it in the NHL, he has, he can't do it in the NHL. That's the way it was with Gaudreau. Five games into Gaudreau's career, he was a healthy scratch and almost sent to, sent to, uh, to uh, Stockton. Abbotsford, where the hell it was? Sent to whatever their firm team was. But he was like, he figured it out. So maybe, maybe, you know, maybe Phillips figured it out. Needless to say, if they're looking, if the, if the whole point of this, of this exercise that we're doing here is the flames would like to have some guys left in the cupboards to slot in. And so my, my fear is, yeah, my, my fear is they trade all of them. I don't think they'll trade all of them, but well, like say they do Wolf, something significant one or two, maybe go two would be, a, I'd, maybe, be I'd say at most one, at most one, one, one seems to be like, the number that when, might go like, at this point. I could see them. I could see them maybe moving out Godin, maybe moving out Phillips, if it only because be like it could be someone we don't even. Uh, think it's of, probably right? not going to be possible still because he's still injured. Oh, he's still hurt. But, but I'm just injured. throwing out random lower end names that have decent potential. Still. Yeah. So like, I, I, and, and they, that could be the prospect. If, if you're, I think you could potentially see the Flames moving one of those guys who they might lose at Group Six anyway. This you know this summer to a rebuilding team for a sixth or seventh or someone like say you know or uh, pending uf or a pen or a rookie they haven't signed yet either francis yeah. and kuznetsov are, are just as just as like they kuznetsov are has a contract yeah because yeah, but for ryan francis if someone's interested in him and his production it's dropped a bit this year but it's still like 
It's not like yeah. slouchy production. But, the, it, but that's, it, that's, that's the whole thing. Like, instead if, of a draft pick, right? If you're a team that has someone the Flames would want, and you're going to, like, let's be honest, like, like Seattle will need players next year. Buffalo will need players next year. Uh, Montreal will need players next year. These Arizona. are the teams we choose to pick on all the time. Arizona is going to need players to pay next year too. Yeah. So like, say, you know, Frank Cervelli mentioned uh, Luke Fulp was brought up as uh, a group six target. You know, he'll be a group six free agent uh, unless the Flames resign him. And so a lot of teams will like Luke Philp because he scores goals. Like it's the hardest thing to do in hockey is score goals. Luke Philp consistently scores goals. He's, he's not a, an elite AHL player, but he's pretty good. He's been pretty good since he got there. The only, the worst thing you can say about Luke Philp is he hasn't really progressed a lot since he got into pros, which I think is a fair criticism. He has, he's still, he, was, he scored tons of goals in new sports. He's scored tons of goals in the AHL. So if you're, if you're say Buffalo, Montreal, whoever, and you're like, man, I don't want to have to fight 31 other teams to get Luke Philp. You could trade Calgary, can make a trade with you and you get to try him out early. And maybe you get a chance to re-sign him because you had a chance. Like, I, I think that the guys who might be moving on from the Flames, maybe you like one of them enough to try to get them early and see if they fit in the NHL. Because, you know, what, 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 what you know, if you have extra picks, what's the, what's the problem with trading a, a late round pick for 20 some games, an extra, extra time to evaluate Glenn Godden or Luke Philp or Adam Verner or whoever? I, I would argue there's not a ton. And if you're the flames, like I think the flames just are, you know, they're going to figure out next year, next year, but I think they do want to make sure they have a few guys who can step in so that they don't have to spend like, you know, remember two years ago, uh, Brad for living went out and he basically, they had no cap space. So he went to the bargain bin and it was basically, do you have, are you willing to take league minimum? Do you want to play in Calgary? And those are the two questions. The answer was both. Yeah. Is yes. He gave you it. He gave you a contract. And it didn't work out great. And you can kind of see why it didn't work out great because, you know, there was a lot of, you know, the, the, 19, the, the 2021 year was weird in a lot of different ways. And chemistry was hard to come by. It was hard to feel guys out and all those other things. But, you know, if you're thinking, you know, would you like that to do, if you're going to do that, why not do it with guys, you know, because, you know, I, I think after a couple, after this many years, the flames have a better handle on what it would take for Jacob Pelche to be integrated and used well or Connor Mackey or whoever, rather than going to the bargain bin and throwing, you know, $800,000 at somebody who's never played with any of these guys. Players. You've invested time in yourselves as well, that you're like, this is how we want you to play. Like, and, and like, like it's, you, you know, what's being communicated down to Stockton too. So is the new guy that you potentially could get going to be as impactful as the guy that you've already spent a year or two with and in, in uh, both Mackey and Val Mackey's case? what because uh, they, they were there last year when Sutter originally took over uh, so like you know what what's is the grass greener stuff like that I really want them to re-sign Gibranson and I hope Gibranson takes a discount but um he doesn't have to I, I, sign for whatever he wants to <laughs> and, and, and I think that's the challenge though because like the curse you know the the note I had at the bottom oh. of our of our agenda oh tweet from Friedman live while we're talking hearing uh, it's checkmarked blue Hearing things he, heating up on Cal Yarncroft front, watch for the Flames, definitely an aggressive pursuer. Ah, oh, damn it. Now I have the right. Thanks a lot, that, Frege. Thanks Frege, a lot. Frege, so break, now, break so, live podcast news with Elliot Friedman. He's not so, here. but So, folks, when, when you read this, you'll just know 
hey, that's when they record the podcast. Isn't that neat? But yeah, I think the curse of the last note I had in our outline was a curse of going for it because let's be honest, the Flames could, like they don't have a first round pick this year. Uh, they don't have a third or a fourth this year. They don't have a sixth. They're, they're probably going to move some picks or wherever in whatever pursuit they do. So there's a complete chance that the Flames could give up assets. They could burn the boats and not get anything out of it. And I think, I think that's something that we all have to live with because, you know, could they be, could they make it to the postseason and fail spectacularly? The, the 60 games of hockey we've seen this season make me think, I don't think so, but I don't know. That's why they play the games. And I think, I, I think, you know, just entertaining the notion of maybe, you know, th- there's a complete possibility that this might not work out. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's, that's very possible. Yeah. But I, I think, you know, that's in a way that's kind of the exhilarating part of it because, you know, as someone covering it and watching the games up close, I find it fascinating because, you know, hockey is just a fascinating game, but it's the idea like this is, you know, I mentioned on my radio hit with Pat on Tuesday. This is the kind of thing that if you're Brad for living and the guys he's put around him in his hockey up department, Chris Snow, Craig Conroy, uh, Brad Pascal, uh, you know, the various other guys, the, 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 this is the kind of thing that you are like, this is the type of situation that you dream about because the idea that, okay, the trade deadlines in less than a week, they're in first place. They have all the momentum in the world. They have a player that's going to contend for the heart. They have a player that can contend for the Vesna. Their coach is going to be contending for the Jack Adams. The team is going to be contending. Like, it's kind of insane that they have a player who's in the top five in league scoring and they're going to be serious. They're, it's basically them and Carolina going neck and neck for the, for the William Jennings award for the fewest goals against. You almost never see this. Usually it's usually, you know, the teams that win the Jennings is Jennings are the, boring trap teams like you know new jersey nashville minnesota that that's the perception because that's how it was won in the 90s the devils the devils and the red wings won their three cups very specifically right red wings had high-end talent new jersey just beat everyone to a pulp playing defense it's not it's changed right but what sutter does and how they maintain possession and how aggressively they pursue the possession if they've lost it is it's the new age defense it's amazing yeah, well, that, that's the thing. It's like, you know, Daryl talking about he's a checking team, not a defensive team, because, and, you know, I, I think it, it's that kind of thing that makes me a little bit less nervous about it. But I think just the idea that, you know, I, I think, you know, we talk about productive losses again, you know, about games down the stretch. I think the important thing is for this season, for this season to matter, they have to learn something from it. And maybe you learn how to win a championship. But if you don't win a championship, what are they going to, I think the challenge is, what are they going to take away from this that is going to make them a better team, a better contender in the future? Because, you know, there's going to be, ultimately, there's what? There's one team that wins and there's 29 teams. Oh, and the Flames just got Kelly Ehrencroke. Yep, it just happened. Well, that's a good place to finish up, folks. Well, we will talk about this next week because he'll probably play week games this weekend. Yep, so we'll... uh, We'll cut it off there. Thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, Flames Nation Radio is brought to you by DoorDash. We gotta go. Flames Nation Radio is brought to you by DoorDash and by Eau Claire Distillery. Uh, We hope you enjoy this edition, which will hopefully not. We try to keep it a little bit philosophical so that the whole thing won't be completely out of date by the time you listen this on uh, Thursday. But uh, we hope you all have a great week, and we'll talk to you next time.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.